Welcome back, everyone, to season two of Powerwood Crit. Oh, we're back. With me today are four beautiful players and only one returning character. So let's go around the table and introduce our new characters, just name only for the moment. First up is Kayla. I'm Kayla, and I will be playing Irithel Boreal. I'm Ander, and I will be playing Gabriella Glimmerglimmer. Hey guys, it's Ashlyn, and I'm still playing Isidore Valkenmov. <laughs> Her story's not done yet, guys. I'm David, and I'm playing Mickey Shursafe. At the beginning of this season, everybody is going to start out with one power token. Hooray! Yay! Also, we're going to change up how we do power tokens a little bit, because I forget they exist. I mean, you have a lot on your plate. It's okay. We'll share the burden. There you go. So the way that we're going to do it is that everybody will decide if somebody gets a power token and it could be for a really good pun or a really cool action or just because they're a cool person in general. So anything can trigger it. However, everyone must be in agreement. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So season two does not take place in the Sword Coast. (gasps) It takes place somewhere else. Oh my goodness, Izzy is transplanting herself somewhere? I guess so. And I guess that's news to Ashlyn, but it's going to happen. So, (laughs) 10 months after the events of last season, and in a semi-adjacent part of the world to the Sword Coast, lies a valley inside a mountain range. This valley is home to many fawns, herringon, centaurs, owlin, fairies, and to a lesser degree, dwarves and gnomes. This place is also home to a race called Firkin, who are as unique as their ancestors. Firkin are descendants of many types of races, and as such, have a wide range of physical characteristics, like a dwarf with fawn hooves, or a haragon with owl and feathers and fairy wings. This specific valley, known as the Hazelnut Valley, has only one reliable route connecting it to the outside. A wide tunnel to the west, rumored to be carved by a giant purple worm thousands of years ago. It was later enlarged and reinforced by the locals to create a reliable passageway and to help maintain the water level of the lake that inevitably flooded every year when the snow melted off the mountaintops. To the north of the valley is the town called Titanian. It is home to many salt mines and even more miners. To the east is Misery a miserable, swampy area that only few call home. To the south is the town of Cyprus, home to the famous hazelnuts the valley is named for. In the middle is Vasilisa, the heart of the valley where nearly 80% of the valley's agriculture, textiles, and ranches are located. But today, we start in the city to the west, the city that handles all of the imports and exports of the valley, as well as the vast majority of the tourism. The city that our dearest Air Genasi Izzy and her friend? Yes. Friend. You really need to sort that out. Jaden, and this is where they currently reside. It is the floating city in the middle of a lake called Lake Town. So, Izzy, we're going to start with you. Cool. The faint sound of the shop's front door opening and Jaden's, Hello, welcome to Izzy's Genasi shop. Find jewelry and accessories. How may I help you today? Reaches your ears in the storage room. There's a pause, then an apologetic, I'm sorry, I must have walked into the wrong shop. 
Do you happen to know where Hasbin's honorable haberdashery is? Greta Hasbin retired a few months ago, Jaden replies sweetly. However, you know him well enough to know that his patience is wearing thin. We bought the storefront from her and opened a couple months ago. Oh. Uh, okay, well, have a nice day. You as well, another voice chimes in. I hope she slips and falls into the lake and gets stung by a thousand strawberry jellyfish. She mutters after the door closes. Rosalind. Oh, come on, Jay. This is the seventh time today. I can wish a little ill will for people who refuse to even notice the sign has been different for two months. What do you do, Izzy? So I walk out of the storage room carrying the new wares that I was deciding on to display in the shop. And I say, it's okay, guys. We'll, we'll get customers soon. I, I just know it. I mean... The bookstore next door and the, the chocolate shop, they're both doing well, right? Some of their customers are bound to come in here. That's the spirit, Izzy. Was that Roz? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Roz. <laughs> yeah, um, Izzy, I fully believe in this, but we're running out of money. <laughs> oh, of course you would bring that up. Lake Town is the center hub and we're in like the most expensive part of town. We need customers. <sighs> I know, Jaden. I know. What do you want me to do, though? Like, it's not like I can just go um, over to the, the book and nook and just grab their patrons and force them in here to buy our wares. Rosalind chimes in. I can do that. Do you want me to go over there right now and do that? No, no, Ros, it's, it's fine. I, I think they're in the middle of a, an important event right now, if that music is anything to go off of. Well, I, how, how about you pick up some samples from uh, Rena Roulette's Chocolatiers next door? Yeah, I love their chocolate. It's so good. It's no wonder they're so popular. Yeah, okay, okay, I'm going to go grab some. Okay, bye. 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 And the door swings shut as she quickly flounces out. <laughs> I have a question. What does Rosalind look like? So Rosalind is a spitting image of Jaden, but female, long, curly black hair. She is very spirited and boisterous. She is nothing like her studious brother in that respect. <laughs> oh, no, you brought the little sister. Um, She surprised us. <laughs> oh, she brought herself. She brought herself along. Oh, okay. I think she showed up maybe like a month after we did. Yeah. <laughs> she just decided that she was here to visit us on vacation and, you know, forgot to tell her parents Imagine conveniently. That. I mean, she's she's an adult, Question mark? <laughs> yeah, question mark. <laughs> but as soon as she leaves, I'm going to turn to Jaden and say, how how bad is it? Are we in the red by a lot? Well, we're going to need to do much better. And he shows you a big red circle <laughs> around a very large negative number. Uh, okay, um... And you notice that the moment Rosalind leaves that his shoulders just slump and you can see that he ages almost 10 years. The last year or so has really taken a toll on him. Look, Jaden, I I super appreciate that you took this chance to come with me and were willing to help me create this shop and have the the willingness and the drive to manage all the bookkeeping because you know I definitely can't have you know I can't handle that on top of trying to actually create all the jewelry items and I would 
lose my mind because I don't like the math. But I'm I'm sorry if this is keeping you from doing other things that you'd rather do. Like, I know you've been interested in growing your magic and... Well, yeah, but I, of course I wanted to come with you. I, I mean, I, I understand the Sword Coast has a lot of painful memories for you right now. Yeah, but I, there's no other place I would rather be than with... And then at that moment, the door opens again. And you guys see a young man, gnome-sized, with huge glasses, large floppy rabbit ears, and uncovered hoofed feet walk in. He sneezes. you Oh, no. sorry about that. No. The pollen's bad today. No, no worries. Uh, uh, are you are you here for Izzy's to Nazi's shop? Um, or for has been haberdashery? Oh, um, and he pulls out a handkerchief and blows his nose. I'm looking for Isidore Velkomov. Which one of you is that? Uh, that that'd be me. Oh, good. He pulls out a small note card and like puts it up to his face really close and reads it. This envelope is from your accountant. She wishes to meet with you tonight at 8.30. Please don't be late. Any questions you have will be answered then. Have a good day. He shoves the note card back in his pocket, hands over a small envelope, and without a word, just turns and leaves. After he leaves and I'm holding the envelope, I turn to Jaden and say, Are, are we late on rent? Like, why, why was she meeting with me? I don't know. I know we're in the red and it's only been like two months, but I'm, we uh, made our we made our payment. We should be good for maybe another month or so, but uh, okay. Okay. I open the envelope. Okay, inside you see a large, like kind of like one of those government official applications that you have to fill out whenever you're doing anything. Mm-hmm. The top of it says mercenary retrieval group request on behest of the accountant. And below that it says monetary and or goods and services reimbursement to be discussed at the meeting. Then there's a bunch of other boring legalese, but at the bottom, you see three other names on the paper. You only recognize one of them. Captain Gabriella Glimmer Glamour, I presume. There is a clip-clop of hooves and a flutter of fabric as a brightly dressed young woman leaps from the rail of her sailing craft and onto the official stock, landing with a deep bow and a flourish of her hand. Her short, chestnut-colored hair is crowned by small antlers, which dip with her bow. Bright purple eyes sparkle as she rises, a confident and warming smile already on her lips. Yes, that's right. Entertainer, enchantress, and entrepreneur at your service. Before you is a Lokatha, which is like a catfish person, and she is wearing a sopping wet bright yellow hat. She slowly looks up from her clipboard. Great. Just a few questions before you can dock. Of course. She looks bored out of her mind. And may I say, that's the most fetching hat you have there. The color on that is amazing. It's a company uniform. Well, it suits you very well. Thanks, I guess. You had some questions. Yeah, do you have any passengers or cargo not listed on this manifest? She looks at the manifest. Nope, this seems all in order. Any unregistered and or illegal modifications to your boat that could cause damage to people and or property while docked in this harbor? Of course not, no. Are you carrying any unregistered, illegal, or controlled items on your boat, including but not limited to unsanctioned weapons, stolen historical artifacts, macro fleas, and or hazelnuts? No. Awesome. Please move to dock 12, slip 23, 
Once you are docked, please keep this on your person at all times while in the shipyard. She hands over three small glowing rocks. If you or one of your crew members loses it, please contact an employee immediately. If you leave the shipyard and return without it, we cannot allow you back in without a whole bunch of paperwork. Do you have any questions? No, great. Have a nice day. Next. What do you do? Gabriella turns around. Thank you very much. The official has obviously moved on, but yeah, still always pays to be kind to the local officials. Turns around and hops back over to her boat. Her boat is the the Siren's Wake. It's a small craft. It's a single sail. It's a shallow hull, which is especially good for moving up and down the river. And it has a cabin on the back of it that has a couple doors on it. But most of the deck is open, but has various goods covered in tarps. And on the deck, there are two heron gone. She hops onto the deck. Otis. Yep. Looks like we've got things all sorted, and we are ready to go to Duck 12, Slip 23. Aye, aye, Captain. Perfect, perfect. She moves to the helm and guides the Siren's Wake skillfully into Duck. Okay. How large did you say the Siren's Wake is? So I think it's probably somewhere about like 50 feet long, somewhere in there, and about 20 feet wide. It's like a houseboat size, but there's enough to have some cargo and a little bit of space for people to move around. So Otis takes you to Dock 12, Slip 23, and you expertly put it where it needs to be, hook it all up, everything is ready to go. Do you have any cargo on here that you need to move off or anything? Oh, sure, yeah. We are all set. We've got this ready to go as far as moving the cargo onto the dock there, ready to pick up. Otis, Sheila, and myself work together to get things unloaded and ready. Well, I'm off to go find our buyer. You mind things here, and I'll be sure to send them your way. Can do. And Sheila stretches, and her ears, like, flop up and look like they're stretching, too, and then immediately plops down. Well, when you get back, we would love to go gorge ourselves on some fire jelly pastries. Is that cool with you? Well, uh, yeah, of course. We'll get things uh, sorted out here in a minute. I I won't be too long, sure. Cool. We'll hold the fort down. Of course. And she turns around and saunters her way down the dock. As she does so, she has a long coat that is light. I mean, this is summer, so it's not overly heavy, but it's certainly bright and colored. It has orange and blue diamonds on it. Pretty. And as she moves along, she kind of reaches up to her hair and shakes it out a little bit. And as she does so, it seems to grow in length. And there's little bit of sparkles and it goes and turns more of a gold color her form rounds out a little bit and she gets a little bit taller and she carries herself brighter her her nose maybe goes just a little bit smaller and such and this happens over the course of several steps in movement and she does slight change slight change slight change after about 60 feet she looks like a totally different person as you're walking down the dock and you're heading towards the merchant side sure Sure, we'll call it the merchant side. I know docks really well, guys. <laughs> you see a young man with large glasses. He's looking up at the signs, looking around, and he stops somebody, asks them a question, and this person looks vaguely familiar. Hmm. Well there, friend. You look a little bit lost there, buddy. Are you looking for somebody? Yeah, um, I'm looking for... Oh! Oh! Gabrielle, I'm looking for you. Oh, please, it's Belle here. Sorry, Belle. Um, man, this, this shipyard is a mess. There's too many people. I think someone rearranged and graffitied a few signs, too? 
Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't think Harbor Lakey My Shaky exists and someone accidentally dumped a whole shipment of parsnips into the outbound waterway and uh mm, sounds like business as usual here all right uh anyways this is for you oh really what is it he hands over an envelope and pulls out a note card this envelope is from your accountant she wishes to meet with you tonight at 8 30 please don't be late any questions you have will be answered then have a good day I ought to know who this is. Can I make a memory check or something like that to sure. see? Perhaps an intelligence check? Eh, not great. The six. Yeah, you've seen him around. You know he works for your accountant. Just can't really remember the name. Okay. It's not like... It's it's a super common name. Nice to see you again here. Uh, I hope to see you around and try not to get too lost out here in the mishap and clutter. Right. Um, okay. And he looks down at a different note card and he finds Mickey. Where do I find Mickey? The streets of Lake Town are buzzing with activity. Street merchants are loudly proclaiming the value and rarity of their purchases, while food vendors are barely keeping up with the dinnertime rush. The setting sun casts a beautiful glow upon the lake, and every once in a while, small... Pink glowing blobs poke through the water of the surface, only to quickly disappear as they arrive. A large crowd passes by, and a centaur not paying attention bumps into you. Mickey, what do you do, and what do you look like? Oi, watch where you're going there, I say. Pickpocket, please. Mickey comes <laughs> away with a small little trinket, looks at it, and realizes that it's... <sighs> It's some sort of carven wooden figure. Who knows what it is? It's really nothing he cares about, though, and it obviously has no value, so he puts it in the next pocket of somebody he's passing. All you big folk, everything, everywhere, always just bumping into people. Yeesh. <laughs> sorry, man. I, I didn't see you there. I'm well, so yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sure you didn't. Uh, Rude. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not watching where you're stepping with those clod hoppers. Yeah, I'm... I, ah, you're I, not worth it. I started early tonight. <laughs> Mickey zips off into the crowd, kind of jauntily going along his way. He's got things to do, and being knocked into by that oaf means pff, nothing right now. Cool. What else does Mickey have to do? Well, got to make it down by... Oh, what was the name of that doc you mentioned earlier? Lakey My Shaky. <laughs> yeah, he's got to make it down to Lakey My Shaky in a little bit here. Ever since it moved, no one's been able to find it, but he has a meeting there with some friends. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see how it goes. The Lokatha are sometimes squeamish about showing up to places that only recently arrived. You know how it is. He also is hoping to see if he can get in a few good opportunities, maybe rustle up some grub while he goes. It really depends on what strikes his fancy. Also, there's been this Aarakocra that, you know, it was a one-night thing, or there was just one date. He really doesn't, but she's looking for him, and this is a problem, and he doesn't want to talk about it. So, busy. As you are walking towards Lakey My Shaky, you notice that there's a familiar face walking towards you, and away from Lakey My Shaky. He looks very, very lost. Big, big glasses. You know this person as Jobias. Jobias is that one accountant's intern. He looks real lost. So I see he looks lost, and I've seen this guy around. I know him, so I take the initiative. Jobias! I stretch out my arms. Hey, what are you doing down here so close to Lakey My Shaky? He locks eyes with you, startled in his ears. 
puff up a little bit and realizing it's you, he relaxes. Taking advantage of his momentary freezing, I wrap my arm around his arm. Oof. Hey, how you doing? Mickey, by the way, physically is rather short, being um, maybe three foot half, four You're foot You're about the same size so. as Jobias because he's about gnome sized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Mickey's very furry. If you've ever seen the Black Cauldron, he kind of looks like Gurgi, but not as slumped over slouched. And he's wearing relatively civilized clothing, although it looks like it's seen a little bit of wilderness here and there. Lots of brown leather here and brown fur-lined trimming leather there and things like that. He's got kind of this brown, but maybe with flecks of gold-colored fur to him. A not-too-pointy snout, but still a little bit of one with a black nose to it and golden brown eyes. His hair, if you can call it that is wildly arranged and somewhat pushed back up with a little bit of sweat and grease and maybe who knows what else involved to keep it out of his eyes. Oh, Mickey, I'm so glad. Oh, that saves me a... Uh, it's you! Are you allergies still getting up here? I'm telling you, it's you. you, you're in the wrong side of town. The entire pier is made out of things you're allergic to, buddy. I, I know, I know, here, I here, just... Here. Come uh... this way. I start taking him a direction. I'm going to pick his pocket. Okay, go ahead and make a uh, sleight of hand check. Sleight of hand, I have a plus seven two, which gives me an almighty 15. With a 15, you manage to pull out two silver pieces and a note card. I'm going to, on the sly, put the silver back in his pocket. I don't need that, but I'm going to open the note card with two of my fingers and kind of read that while I'm talking to him. All right. As he's talking, he's digging into his satchel and he says, this envelope is from... Oh, where did I put that note card? And you can see that the note card says, this envelope is from your accountant. She wishes to meet with you tonight at 8.30. Please don't be late. Any questions you have will be answered by then. Oh no, I don't know what to say. Here, this is for you. And he like shoves the envelope against your chest, drops down to the ground and starts pulling things out of his bag. I, I need that note card so bad. Buddy, buddy, you're making a scene. You're making a scene. I say as I examine the envelope, I uh, would like to check it for traps. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Any explosive runes. It's clearly trapped. So this is an investigation, I presume? Yeah. So with a plus seven on investigation, that is a 21. Well, it's not trapped, but if you open it up the wrong way, there's a high chance of a paper cut. I knew it. I do not open it up the wrong way or the right way. I open it up an entirely different approach so as to confound the paper entirely. <laughs> All right. You open it up and you see the same thing that was described earlier to Izzy. It's a mercenary retrieval group request on behalf of the accountant. Jobias, what is this? I I don't know. I hold on. I need to I need to find my note card. I I have one more person. I, I she's not native drow who may or may not be in town before the meeting die and I need to I need to find her so I can clock out and go to sleep. What it's if not I don't a make it? Drow. Jobias, have you ever met a native drow around here? Yes. Really? I thought they hated it up in the sunlight. I huh. mean, okay, you're right. I've, I've never, but I just wanted to sound cool, okay? I'm sorry. Man, man, get up. You, you don't need whatever it is you've lost. I need it. No, you don't. I'm going to help him pick up his stuff. 
I'm gonna get him everything assembled and then you know I'm finally I'm gonna pull a banana out of my pocket hand it to him and said this is all you're gonna need now go and get him he stumbles forward as you slap his back and he's oh, oh, oh okay where do I find someone I don't know who they are well, who are you looking for uh some someone named Irithel 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 and they're a drow yeah. I think about it and says, have you considered talking to the people at the Bleeding Edge? If they don't know who she is, they can at least point you in a good direction. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you so much, Mickey. You're so helpful. Uh, no problem, buddy. <laughs> and get out of here. This whole, like I said, this whole pier <laughs> is made out of things you're allergic to. <laughs> I'm going to shoo him along. He clops away. I throw the little <laughs> note into the water. Okay. Oh. Cool. I hope that Jobias didn't need that for Irithel. Mickey. <laughs> I wonder. Otherwise, I'm making a new character and you'll never meet Irithel. <laughs> He'll find you. I have confidences in his abilities. Does he remember the message? I mean, it's not that different. He has than a the note, invitation. probably. <laughs> Another note. Oh, okay. So, Irithel. Yes. Today was a really long day. That last leg of your trek from the Everdark, which it's an upper level of the Underdark to Lake Town, had been met with a series of small cave-ins. Kind of weird. Cave-ins don't normally happen. While the path was still traversable, the rock slides had narrowed the path just enough to cause long waits as travelers and caravans took turns squeezing through the narrow openings. Then there was a four-hour holdup at Customs because some moron decided to make a joke about smuggling hazelnuts out of the valley. No. Needless to say, everyone was cranky and hangry by the time they reached the island. Irithel. Yes. What do you look like and how are you feeling right now? Very, very upset with the one person who decided to make a joke about the hazelnuts. There are no words for this. I am staying far, far away from him because I don't know if I can control my temper around him at the moment. <laughs> is it sunlight? Yeah, it's about 3 or 4 p.m. Okay, so I've got some sort of a veil. It's kind of covering my face at the moment because it's too bright for my poor drow eyes. Irithel is a dark and enchanting beauty, just over five feet. Her obsidian skin makes her blend in a little bit with the darker alleys, but her scarlet eyes and her white hair cause her to stand out. Her white hair is not an indication of age, though. She is of limber young age. Her hair is long, reaches her waist, and her grace-like movement entrances all who watch her. Well, it would if it weren't for her occasional limp and stiff movement in one leg. She seems to favor her left leg slightly, especially on days with a lot of walking, like today, and a lot of standing, like today, because of certain idiots. Today, she's wearing her hair loosely, wearing tight leather armor over an athletic, curvy build, she carries a rapier at her side and seems to walk to a melody that only she can hear. It doesn't help with her odd gait, but it seems to work for her. So as you inspect, make sure all the product and the people are got off the ferry just fine, the group agglomerates into a, a small area and decides it's nap time. It's been a long day. Some of the group are leaning against wagon wheels, some are pulling out sleeping bags, and some are just snoring face first into the dirt. Again, rough day. A few children are whining and crying exhaustion as their parents are desperately trying to keep their eyes open. As this is happening, a strong, tall drow with piercing green eyes, which is very odd for a drow, catches your eye and motions you over to him. I walk over. Vudrum Blayrun, 
owner and leader of the traveling Heating Stone Caravan, has employed you many times for protection throughout the last couple years. This trip, no different. This just happens to be the first trip to Lake Town with him. Yep. Irithel, we have a few hours before we're able to set up shop. And uh, there's a section I carved out between two crates of lava rocks and a pile of textiles in Wagon 3. I'm not suggesting you go find this spot for a deliciously warm and comfortable nap, but... He winks. If you decide not to take me up on that offer, tell Jeharos, Irie, and Estelar that their children can go explore a secret hiding spot or something. The poor kids look like zombies. They'll be asleep in 10 minutes flat. I'll let the kids take it. They need it more than I do. Appreciate the offer, though. Anytime. Anytime. I will go and search Jeharos, Irie, and Estelar, and... We'll suggest to them that there's a nice spot over in Wagon 3 where the kids can go hang out and play hide-and-seek or something like that. <laughs> the three parents don't even question it. They look like they're staring off into the distance, like they're just ready to fall asleep at any moment. The kids are like, oh, I want to find the secret hiding spot. And lo and behold, you go check on them 15 minutes later, they are asleep in that spot. Oh, good. Out from underfoot and everyone's happy. Eventually... Sunset approaches. The city's never-ending lamps light the streets as the caravan sets up shop quickly. Before the last stake of the tent is even in the ground, there's a line of 15 buyers eager and waiting to buy these strange mystical lava rocks that, depending on their size, can keep your hands warm in your pockets or warm up an entire room. An hour later, the product is sorted, business is bustling, and Voodrum hands over a small leather satchel. 50 gold pieces, as promised. If you're still here in a month, come find me. We'll need protection on our way back to Zares. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for the business. Good as always. You're welcome. Have a good night. You too. Good luck with your sales. Not that you need it. I see like 15 more people rushing up the street. Yeah, they're not going to have any trouble selling these things. These things are nice. They are very nice. So, what do you do? You are free. Oh, I stretch out real good. Little sound comes from my backpack as Miram pops out. Miram is a tiny little squirrel-like creature. If a squirrel were, like, extra, extra floofy. Irithel's not actually sure what Miram is. She's never been able to figure it out. But here we are. Ah, uh, Miram, coming out for the good part, I see. We've just made it. So Miram is tiny-sized. Her fur is all floofy and is a dark midnight blue fur. And when she's threatened or upset, her fur will sleek out and a scarlet glow filters through in odd patterns. But most of the time, she's a very, very happy creature. And so very, very, very fluffy. Well, let's say that we go get some food and, and some drink while we figure out what our next plan is. And Miriam goes, and I take that as a yes, and we go off in search of some food. Aww, I will die for Miriam. Super cute. <laughs> Out of game, does Miram have plot armor? <laughs> Kayla's giving me this like, please no, no please don't. Oh, you can't kill Miram. We'll see. No, the yeah, plot, we'll see. plot armor, meaning she can't die. Yeah. She <laughs> better have plot armor. <laughs> we'll see. So, you and Miram find a random tavern to get some food. Okay. You find a random tavern, and outside you see a bulletin board with a list of like job openings, have you seen my dog kind of listings, and different things like that. I look a little closer at the job offerings, specifically looking for missing people. Go ahead and make an investigation check. Because there's a lot of paper on here and you're going to have to like start That's a around. 16. 
With a 16, there's a lot of missing dogs and missing fish pets, weirdly. I guess we are on a lake. There's a missing snake, but you don't really see any missing people. I head into the tavern then. So as you're heading in, out of the corner of your eye, you see a young firkin with huge glasses running up the street towards you. Hey, hey, are you, are you? Give me a second. (sighs) (sighs) He leans over. Are you okay, sir? (sighs) (sighs) I've been, I've been searching everywhere. Are you, uh, are you a Irithel, Irithel, Irithel? Are you this person? Oh, the butchering. I confirm. Is it? It's darker now, right? Sunset's hit. Sun's pretty much down. Mm -hmm, Okay, I can take the veil off of my face then. And my red eyes pierce through the darkness. (sighs) This is for you. And he hands over an envelope and a note card. Okay. Realizing his mistake, he steals the note card back, uh, adjusts his glasses, and says, Um, forgive me. I had to rewrite this so it may not be right. Um, oh, that's the other one. So give give me just a second. Um... This envelope is from my employer, the accountant. Uh, She has learned that you specialize in missing children and wishes to meet with you tonight at 8.30. Please don't be late. Uh, I can't read my handwriting. Uh, Any questions you have will be answered then. And I'm going to go home. He wipes his sweaty forehead, straighten his... (laughs) So I wrote skirt, but I meant to write shirt. (laughs) (laughs) But I really like skirts, so he straightens his skirt and walks down an alleyway out of sight. Okay, then. (laughs) Are kilts in fashion around here? Sure, they are now. (laughs) I mean, fisherman. He's probably wearing nothing but it. So yeah, you have this envelope with your name on it. Okay, then. I'm assuming there's an address in there. There is. How far away is it from where I'm at? It's more towards the center of town. It'll probably take about five minute walk. Oh, that's easy. Okay. Yeah, it's not too far. If you're guesstimating the time, it's probably 7.30 at the moment, so you have some time to grab some snacks, get some food, get Mira in a nice scritchy scritch. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will go into the tavern and have some food and a little bit of drink and then head off to the meeting. All right. Miriam, I wonder who's contacting us. Do I recognize the name of the accountant? Ooh. Because this isn't my accountant. Do a history check. <laughs> Oh, yay. That is a nine. You've heard of many accountants. The accountant, you have heard the name, but you have no idea who they are or really what they do. I'll see if I can get a little bit more information in the tavern. Behind the bar is the barkeep. This is actually a older female centaur. Hey, what'll I get ya? Have you got something not too strong? Just a little medium? Like, are, are you talking like spicy? Or are you talking like alcohol. What what you talking about, hon? You can tell I don't drink alcohol. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go with a sparkling lemonade. Alright, I'll get you a sparkling lemonade. And a milk for Miram. Sure. Definitely on the mild side, but I'll definitely get it for you, hon. Here. Here you go. And a few seconds later, a sparkling lemonade shows up and a small glass of milk. Anything else I can do for you? What can you tell me about the accountants here in the in town? I'm new here, so I'm trying to get the lay of the land. You need, like, tax help, or are you talking about the group? The group. Uh, well, they specialize in moving people and products in a productive and especially wonderful way. Which one? What kind of emphasis was there on wonderful? Kind of sly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
black market. Kind of a, a, a tiny smirk on the corner of her lips. I'm not sure how to take that. If you need something shipped or something counted, I would go to the accounting groups. Which one are you talking about? There's multiple. I pull out my note card. It just says the accountant. Mm-hmm. Apparently the accountant. Address? I give her the address. Oh, that accountant. Yeah, that's um, that's the uh, owner of the WPX. It stands for Unbiased Unicorn Package Express. She definitely deals with people and product. Except for hazelnuts. She, she won't do hazelnuts. But if you need something shipped and with a 100% guarantee, she's got gotcha. you. Okay, interesting. Have you heard anything recently from her group? No, I mean... I've had her export some stuff for me, and I've grabbed some stuff from her uh, a few months ago, but beyond that, yeah. I mean, she keeps a little profile, because... Okay. Sounds good. Well, that's all the information really needed. All right. Anything big going on in town? Uh, there's going to be a festival in about a month. Okay. Does she have anything hot just to eat? Oh, yeah. There's, there's like, a menu of, like, maybe identifiable meat if you squint hard enough. Okay, cool. We'll grab one of those. I'll if bet she it's has fish. If she has some nuts that Miriam can eat, I will Mm -hmm. take some of that as well. Otherwise, it's probably about time for me to head off. Cool. That'll cost you a silver piece total. Cool. As night continues, you hear the croaking of frogs, the lapping of the waves, and every once in a while, something breaking above the water, causing a very nice ripply sound that echoes throughout the city. While most of the city is still fairly bustling, this part of town is very quiet. This doesn't really seem to be part of the merchant district. As you all walk down the road, you, for plot reasons, all arrive at the same time. How convenient. Gasp. You see a very small, unassuming building nestled between a general store and a clothing shop. On top of it, you see the words, Unbiased Unicorn Package Express also known to locals as the WPX. The door is shut, but there is a light on on the outside, signaling that someone is there. Mickey may have a carefree attitude, but heavily armed bands of people can mean trouble for him, depending on uh, who he bothered recently or not so recently. Can I do an insight check, the point of which is to see whether these people are looking for fluffy blood? Sure. Do a fluffy blood check. All right. Are these people out for fluffy blood? My insight would be 14. Are any of you out for fluffy blood? Not that I'm aware of. Hoping to kill something small, probably not very adorable most of the time. I mean, you see something small and adorable sitting on Aerithel's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yes, but specifically something named Mickey. Gabriella is eating a stick of fried meat that she had picked up on her way and just casually looking about and... Like, mm, mm, ah, yes, perfect. Finishes it, tosses it in a rubbish bin nearby, and like, mm, hello. Excellent. A fellow predator. Mickey, feeling slightly more comfortable with this menagerie, slips out of the shadows with a cheerful jaunter to join the throng. So Izzy recognizes Gabriella from some of the shows that she's put on, and she's going to say, oh, oh, it's you. 
Uh, you you put on that show I last week was it with the the magic stuff and the the color changing hair and oh you were there for the fair necessities yes it was a wonderful show oh thank and, you Izzy is that right yes yes thank you so much for remembering me I didn't think that you would remember my name after that brief inter- introduction last week oh no that was perfect in fact I think that I have a delivery for you oh really oh yeah shipment up from Titanian I think there was some ore oh yes oh yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, shop's not open right now, but... Yeah, I, I stopped I, by there, but you obviously were closed at the moment. Yeah, I, I take it we're all here for the same reason, to see the accountant? And Izzy looks at everyone else. You're here as well for this? She holds out the note saying, uh, yeah, that's actually how I knew to expect you here, because I saw your name and recognized it. Mickey kind of gives a doubtful look over at you. Are you sure you're here to see the accountant? Yes, I have the note and everything addressed to me. Fresh meat. Nice to meet you. I'm Mickey. We may be working together soon. He holds out a small, fuzzy, greasy palm. (laughs) Izzy gingerly takes it and shakes it. I grab you with both hands. It is a very strong shake. And then I'm going to come up and hug you. She is going to levitate away. (laughs) (laughs) Mickey will allow this. The question is, did I get close enough to take a look at her pockets? Mm -hmm. Go ahead and make a sleight of hand check. My sleight of hand is 18. (laughs) Yeah, Izzy, what's in your pockets? Um, Just choose one thing at random that might be in one of your pockets. Some daggers? Hmm. Excellent. Mickey's pleased to see this. Mickey loves this and cautiously, carefully examines the quality. It's a regular dagger. Mickey is pleased to make the acquaintance of his newfound best friend. And As she's floating up away. <laughs> and, and, and pockets the dagger. I will unequip a dagger. <laughs> I will add another one. This is an encouraging thing to Mickey. Somebody who carries a surplus of daggers shows good taste. And an emergency knife in case you have meat to cut. Mm. (laughs) So as Izzy is levitating away, she's like, I'm sorry, I I don't hug people I've just met. Oh boy, are you new here. Uh, What are you, by the way? I'm an air genasi. And she kind of does like jazz hands. Ta-da! Mickey's going to kind of do some jazz hands too a little bit, you know, kind of looking up at you. Right. That's cool. Does that mean you fly? No, not really. I can just do this, but I also can do this. And I summon Dora to stand right next to Mickey. Well, I'm going to hug it. (laughs) You can hug it. Can I pick its pocket? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and make a sleight of hand check. Is it even possible to do so? I believe the wording is you can try. So that is a meager roll of um, 14. Yeah, you try to like get your hands in the pockets and they don't really go anywhere. And uh, Women's clothing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Women's clothing are notorious for not having pockets. <laughs> Fake pockets. The worst. I like it. Did you study at the carnival maybe? No, I kind of woke up like this one day. Yeah, it takes all kinds. Yeah, it, it's weird. And she's going to levitate back down and dismiss Dora. What was your name? Oh, please, call me Izzy, but full name, Isidor Welkomov. Isidor Welkomov, who comes from clearly outside of the valley. Yeah, I am new here. And is as new as the blue skin on her. <laughs> and you are? Irithel is standing a very safe distance away from <laughs> anywhere where Mickey might try to hug her. <laughs> Mickey is noting where she keeps her hands because that might be where she keeps hidden daggers or weapons. Yes, it is on her rapier. 
Or it could be not so hidden, would I? <laughs> <laughs> there is no concealed carry happening here. <laughs> no, no, there is not. I am Irithel. I'm Mickey. Mickey's sure safe. I bow. Is it very theatrical? Overly so. Okay. But not in a skillful, like, I've practiced this sort of way, kind of a more rakish, I just do this because why the heck not sort of way. Gotcha. Mm. Please make your acquaintance. Wait, 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 wait. I think I heard that name. You know my friend. Jobias. Oh, that was Who? his name. Short fellow, big owlish glasses, probably had the sniffles today. Seeing as he was the messenger today, I'm assuming he also gave you a note? I mean, we're good friends, so we talk about things. Okay, then. I've spent all day trying to remember the poor fellow's name. He's always around. He works around here. Yes. Yeah, he's an intern, I think. Something like that. Yes, but he, oh, it just slipped my mind. He failed to introduce himself. He was a little concerned about getting home. <sighs> you know, he did say he was in a hurry. That was some time ago. Gosh, I wonder how long it took him to find you. Oh, well, nice to meet your acquaintance. Shall we? Yeah, it's getting close to 8.30. We don't want to keep the accountant waiting after you. Eh, he's used to waiting, I say as she, I skip in. She. She's used to waiting, I say as I skip in. The last accountant was a guy. <laughs> it changes. <laughs> I will take up the rear. I follow shortly after Mickey. Okay. <laughs> I guess marching order everybody into this strange building. <laughs> Since it is a strange building, um, Mickey is being sure to watch out for traps. Okay. As a furkin with animal heritage of various sorts, Mickey has an exquisite sense of smell, and this allows him to replace the survival skill in some cases with the perception skill. As I'm walking into this establishment, I'm going to keep my nose open for scents I recognize, specifically the ones that I have had bad blood with in the past. The accountant frequently deals with unsavory sorts, and I want to make sure that nobody in here is somebody I actively have some sort of a grudge who might like to stab me. Okay, go ahead and make an investigation check with advantage. Or survival. It is a survival check. Yeah, go ahead and do survival. All right, I have a plus six to my survival skill. Mickey is good at sniffing, but he's not excellent at sniffing, as it were. And so that gives me an almighty 15 on my essentially perception. So you guys open the door, and Mickey, the overwhelming smell of the accountant hits your nose. So the accountant is definitely here. You also smell a faint whiff of Jobias. He was here recently. You smell a few other smells, but they're very, very faint. You don't really recognize them. Excellent. That's a good sign. And I don't smell the accountant's daughter anywhere around here. We have some bad blood after a certain uh, miscommunication, we'll call it. Not at the moment, no, you don't. Whew. All right, it's safe. So as Mickey's sniffing around, Gabriella just sweeps on by. Hello, I'm here. I would be calling the accountant's name, but I, as a player, don't know the accountant's name. And You so... know her as the accountant. Okay. Um, accountant... Uh, I believe you called, and here I am. Ah, uh, yes, come in, come in. As you waltz on in, you see that this is a very small building with two rooms. The first room has two very minimalistic desks, one facing the door at the back of the room, which you can assume is the accountant's desk. The other one is off to one side facing the second room. You see that there are four comfortable-looking chairs lined up neatly in front of the accountant's desk as well. There's bookshelves on either side of the room filled with notebooks, folders, and a few small unicorn figurines. The door to the second room is cracked, and you can smell fresh-brewed hazelnut tea and something spicy, savory, and tangy. Most likely leftover dinner. Mickey, you recognize that. 
very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Very popular dish in this area. A moment passes, and the second door widens a little bit more as a dwarven woman with a short brown braided beard, whew, say that 20 times fast, and hair thrown into a tight bun, is wiping her hands with a towel. She peeks her head out and hangs the towel on the door handle, and she says, give me just a moment, hold on. She disappears back into the room, and she comes out uh, holding a steaming mug of what you assume to be hazelnut tea. Thank you. Thank you all for arriving on such short notice. Please take a seat. We have much to discuss and very little time to discuss it. It's a perfect opportunity. You, I just arrived today. I know. You're always so good with such things, always in the know. That's why I love working with you. Thank you for the invitation. And Gabriella takes uh, one of the center chairs. Izzy approaches and says, I assume this has nothing to do with my my business loan? No, 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 no. I don't own your loan. I just help you get the loan. Well, I... Sorry, I misspoke, but like the, I'm not like delinquent on payments that I wasn't aware of, right? I don't keep track of that. That's not my specialty. I'm still new at this. That's fine, dear. And she will sit down on the leftmost chair. I'll walk up and introduce myself. Hello, I'm Irithel. How did you hear of me? While I don't really know personal money matters, I do know people. And I have heard through the grapevine that you specialize in missing people. Okay. So I will go ahead and take a seat. Mickey, nice to see you again. Lovely to see you too. (sighs) I look at the remaining seat that has been chosen by randomness and fate, and I'll sit on it, and Mickey begins his peculiar habit of testing the chair by softly wiggling and rocking ever so slightly. You probably don't even notice it but slowly but surely attempting to make it squeak, and then once I've found out where it squeaks, attempting to amplify the squeak while reducing my motion as much as possible. You were going to irritate Irithel so, so much. (laughs) He's in the chair next to Irithel. Yeah. As I understand it, we've got Izzy on the left, left. then Gabriella, then Irithel, then Mickey. Don't worry, it takes a little bit of time to get going. At first, you just maybe see some little bit of shifting, maybe a little bit of stuff. But after a minute or two, you catch it in your eh, And after that is when it really starts. That eh, just continues and gets a little worse as time goes on. <laughs> but he's he's slow about it. You know, he takes his time okay. and patience. The accountant can be long-winded sometimes. Okay, we will let this go for now as you warm up. The accountant doesn't even bat an eyelash at this. After the the incident between the accountant and the accountant's daughter, this is water under the bridge. If she has me here, it's because she wants to do business. She can put up with me. Madam, do you have work for us then? I do. Normally, I would not go out of my circle, but this calls for expertise that my circle does not currently have. She sits down, puts the cup of tea in front of her, opens up a drawer behind her desk, and puts out a small stack of papers. Last night, at 9 p.m., a shipment from Anyaliba was scheduled to arrive in the Westport. And you guys know that Anyaliba is the first town that you hit once you leave the town. On this side or the outside? The far side. Anyaliba is the first town on the outside. Lake Town is the first town on the inside of the valley. Anya Liba, that forbidden fruit. It was supposed to deposit 20 people and 50 crates onto the dock. All of these items were accounted for before entering the tunnel at Anya Liba. And yet, somehow, four crates did not make it to the dock in Lake Town. These four crates were the only ones on that boat with the WPX stamp. And, as a couple of you know, I very much dislike my cargo disappearing. And for a split second... 
Her voice drops and her brown eyes flash purple. All of you feel a chill creep up your spine. And those of you who have met the accountant before, you have not felt this from her before. This is something new. Mm. I think she may have changed her beard or something. It's hard to tell. There's something different about her. Can I make an arcana check to see if I can tell what kind of magic? Because this is obviously magic. Mickey's going to assume she's been possessed. Total of 17. With a 17, you have run into creatures who display innate magical capabilities. It seems that maybe the accountant was born with some innate magical abilities. Hmm. I'll keep this to myself for the moment. As you know, I offer my services for all. I do not discriminate between class, occupation, which side of the law someone falls upon at that current day, or any other idiotic ways people use to justify discrimination. I also do not discriminate which items, goods, or services I transport, hazelnuts being the only exception. This is a well-known fact. The fact that someone, or something, has taken my cargo is disturbing, asinine, and insulting. She hands over a sheet of paper. This is the manifest of everyone that was on that boat. My missing cargo contained three crates of dress-me-up goose dolls. Okay. And one crate with a child inside. What? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Mm. Her name is Seska. In a crate? Sometimes people have to move in strange ways. Vampires like crates. Your job is to find who or whatever did this, take care of them, and return the cargo to Westport, Dock 16, Slip 7. You'll be paid a total of 2,000 gold pieces, and I will owe each of you a personal favor of equal value. Mickey rolls his eyes. Also... (laughs) Do not, under any circumstances, open Seska's crate or ask her to speak. Do you understand? Of course. What should we know about this in case someone else has already opened the crate? If the crate has been open, there will be no child. FYI, for those of you who are not versed in contracts, when you make a deal with a devil, make sure you read all the fine print, including the fine print that says... I'm going to take your firstborn when they turn eight years old in exchange for whatever you exchanged it for. Mm. In Seska's case, her parents fought tooth and nail to change the terms of the contract, which, for some strange reason, the devil decided to honor. But that agreement means that the child cannot speak, cannot see, and cannot move until... She is deposited at the appropriate place at the appropriate time. What? If this happens with the child, the child will return to the devil and the devil will possess her soul forever. They're impossible uh. contracts. Uh, you people make them in desperation and then they end up giving said creature, I assume, more in the end, even though they get the, what they want anyways. Everything huh. has a price. Sometimes such things must be paid, but I, I think that we can probably make this arrangement. Was the child petrified, perhaps, before transportation? Yes, actually. I mean, she's not allowed to move after all. Is it locked? Last I checked it was. I sure hope nobody's opened that crate. So are you also uh, missing a few dock workers, perhaps? Maybe some um, hired goons who are supposed to watch this stuff? No. Well, that's embarrassing. And that's the rub. I don't know where it went. The captain does not know where these crates went. Mm. On the manifest, like I said, there are names of everybody who was on that boat. I suspect it was probably somebody on there. I've hired Irithel. She's an expert at tracking missing children. Mickey, you're good at getting places and succeeding most of the time. 
She snickers. Mickey smiles in excitement to hear how he gets described by the accountant, who likes him so much. Isidore, you have that weird thing you can do where you summon you. I summon Dora. That. <laughs> and Gabriella, I've known you for a long time. I trust you will get this done. Of course. We always do good work and we'll make sure this is taken care of for you. Ander, I'm curious, what sort of a reputation for wet work and skullduggery does Gabriella have in the community? Among those who know, she is the niece of a very prestigious smuggler. Her uncle is William Glimmel, who had been running the river for years, was operating on his own, but had many connections with WPX and close ties with the accountant. Unfortunately, he passed recently and passed his business and his clients and his ship to Gabriella. She had been a member of his crew and so had some of the reputation, but is recently coming into her own. Okay, so Gabriella may be here not because she herself is valuable, but because the ship itself is valuable and you're an easy asset. Would that be a good read? I think so, yeah. Sharing some side information myself, Mickey has a reputation if you know the right scum, and it's not a friendly reputation, it's a very violent reputation. Yeah, and I think that Gabriella probably knows Mickey by a reputation, but we haven't interacted. Right. And probably the same. Right. And likewise, you know, we go in very different circles, I suspect. Okay. So, Gabriella, as you read the names on the manifest, one of those names jumps out at you. His name is Airman Shadowbreaker. Airman Shadowbreaker. An Air Genasi. How do I know him? He runs in the same gang as your ex. Oh. Mm. In fact, Airman and Nicholas go way back. Um, madam. Yes. I know that you have much information on, on many individuals, know many things. Uh, do you know much about Airman here? Airman Shadowbreaker? Yes. From what I know, he is part of the Black Sparrow gang. She looks up and thinking really hard, like you see her eyes going back and forth as if she's trying to like access the information mentally. Yeah, part of the Black Sparrow gang. He picked up a couple shipments last year. One was for meat. The other one was for crossbows, but that's all I know about him. My instinct says this is our man. I've had some unfortunate dealings with the Black Sparrow gang, and I've heard that they've been operating in the tunnels recently. I think this is probably who we're after. I had heard rumors of them in the tunnels, but there's rumors of the catfish gang running in there too. If you think that's a lead, go for it. And please hurry. That petrification spell, not going to last very long. Wait, 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 wait. You didn't tell us that that was an issue. You said it was a matter of until somebody opened the dumb thing. We also have to worry about it not getting there in time. You know I hate time constraints like that. I do. Deal with it. And she takes a sip of her hazelnut tea and her pinkies out. <sighs> How much are we being paid? It's 2,000 gold pieces. And a favor. I'm going to play with Izzy's dagger in my hand a little bit. Sweeten the pot a little bit. You didn't say that there was an additional time constraint. What would be an appropriate additional constraint for you, Mickey? Not a constraint, an enticement. I would say today that enticement would be two favors for the blue lady. She's a little wet behind the ear still and looks like she needs help. She can take yours. No, that's not what I said. I said two for her. Make a persuasion check. Mickey is really random. <laughs> <laughs> that is a four. Or you just don't take this case. Ooh. 
Mickey gets up, cracks his back. I don't know. That that, that is sounding tempting. <sighs> How long is that time constraint? She opens up her drawer, lifts up a couple papers. It looks like you have 36 hours. Mickey ruffles his fur. I hate time constraints. Then better get to it. Are there any other questions? Are the people being detained that were on the list? The captain is still on the ship and is willing to answer questions for you if you have any. He owes me a favor. Oh, oh, oh. Can I get a list of people who are high priority to stay alive and people who are mid priority to stay alive? Izzy looks at Mickey. What? Sometimes we stab people in these get-togethers. Well, at this point, they're all low priority. Excellent. Okay, never mind. I'm fine. Uh, Thought so. Any other questions? Where are we starting our search again? Well, I think that's why she's hiring us. Didn't they go missing in a tunnel? Probably Galrog's path, if I had to guess. Yeah, so Gabriella does know of Araman Shadowbreaker who runs with her ex's gang. There's also the ship captain who is aboard the ship in West Dock. You do know that the shipment disappeared between the outer city and the inner city, so it's somewhere. Are we talking about like two days journey in between or are we talking about like 12 hours of journey? The distance is about a day and a half in between in the tunnel. And that's like you're constantly moving kind of a thing. There's no docking in the tunnel. Gorog's path is known to be riddled with side passages. It's literal worm tunnels up, down, sideways, all around, often flooded. You also can't stop. Like, there's nowhere for you to stop. If you go too far, like, to the left, you're going to hit a a bog. If you go too far to the right, you're going to hit rocks. It is carved out enough that boats can go through, like, to and from it. But, like, your boat's not stopping. Once you're in that tunnel, you have to keep going. How on earth did they manage to lift four crates... While moving. Oh, it's not hard. Things go missing in the tunnel all the time. Trust me, I got a good friend, Moist. He works the tunnel. He's great. Oh, you know Moist. Do you know Moist? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thinking, I was actually thinking maybe you know, we could ask him if he's around, see if he knows anything. Mm. But I you know. think he's a good lead on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About 20 minutes later, as you guys are walking towards the West Port, you see that there are torches every 50 feet or so and those who are from here know them as ever-burning lamplights they're very similar to ever-burning torches however they tend to get stolen a lot and as you guys are walking you see that there's like a gap of like 100 feet so obviously somebody stole something a lot of people use these as lights before they get to the tunnel and they leave because for whatever reason the magic just runs out and they all throw them into a cave about a half mile inside the tunnel called Candle Cave. Aptly named. And the closer you get to Westport, the more of these ever-burning lamplights you see are missing. So the closer you get, the darker it gets. Oh, good. Irithel can see. What time of day is it? About 9.30 at night. I would like to slide of hand an ever-burning torch. All right, go ahead and do that, please. Pray tell, how does this work? It works like this. I walk up to it, look around, look around, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. put a bag over it and walk off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is this with disadvantage since it's glowing? Well, if you put a bag over it, it's not yeah, visible that's anymore. That's the point. <laughs> the fact that the light disappears. My sleight of hand means I got a 12. You easily take it off. You walk a few feet. Hey, what you doing with that? I'm going to the caves, I say. And I start going faster. <laughs> <laughs> you other person go, okay, bye. 
I rolled to see if they were a guard or some other person, and they were some other person. <laughs> <laughs> Please attach ever-burning lamplight to your inventory. I expect it's going to disappear before we have to worry about it, so I'll just leave it very meta. Okay. Irithel rolls her eyes as she keeps walking forward. They put them here for that purpose. If they wanted you to not take them, they'd, like, solder them on or something. You guys walk by a lamppost that you see is, like, shaved off because it, lo- it looks like they've tried to solder it before, and so people were just, like, mm-hmm. shaving off the pole, so they just kind of gave up. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gabriella is yards ahead of all of this, and she is strolling. She's got her arms out and just kind of drifting and, and gliding across the docks and just really enjoying the evening. It's so refreshing being out. Ah, ah, I love being here in Lake Town. It's it's wonderful. Meanwhile, Izzy is close behind Gabriella and thinking, I probably should have told Jaden where I was going. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'll be fine. Um, who's who's Jaden? Oh, uh, he's my friend. Uh, he helps me run the shop that I opened up here. That's very nice. But yeah, um, we went through some things a- about a year ago, and he gets a little nervous when he doesn't know where someone goes. Oh, I mean, that sounds like a reasonable idea. If you want to go back and tell him, we can meet you somewhere. Um, Is Jaden like a hamster? No, he's a human. The pink squiggly things? You keep them as pets? Interesting. He's not a pet. He's my friend. He sounded like a pet. Okay. Also, what is that thing bulging out of your pack? Oh, this? I pull open the bag and show the light. It's our light as we're going. It's getting dark. There's not a lot out there on the water and everything else out there. Uh, Okay. I mean, I guess I'll be helpful because I don't have dark vision. I think I found this. Is this yours? I hold out a dagger that looks like yours. I inspect it and say, yes, that... You must have dropped it or something here. I take it, and I am very confused, because I'm not known for dropping my items. Let alone your weapons? (laughs) Uh I mean, it's not her weapon of choice, but it's very strange. I'll examine that one next. (laughs) What, my favorite weapon? Uh Mm. The longbow. (laughs) No, that's not her favorite. That'll be a tad bit more difficult to pick up. Just because it's bigger than Mickey. (laughs) Yes. Very. So as you guys approach the West Port, Mickey, you've done contracts before where you've had to get on the port, and you've seen these papers, these mercenary contract things. All you have to do when you get up to the port is just show them it, tell them where you're supposed to be going, and then they will have somebody lead you to there. We have one of these papers. From the accountant, Yes. So you guys get up to the guard station in here. Can I help you? Evening, officer. Uh, we are just on our way to speak with uh, Captain Tomas, Dark Shadow. Here is our writ. Glances at it, turns it over, glances at it again. All right, Steve, take him down to Westport Dock 16, Slip 7, please. Much obliged. Izzy's holding out her paper as if he will want to inspect it, and then when he doesn't, he just slowly lowers it down. She's like, okay, thanks. If you do any funny business, we'll get you anyway. It's fine. Just go. Funny business? Don't worry. They're much more vigorous on the other end of the tunnel. Trust me. Okay. So Steve, who is a very tiny gnome, says, follow me, please. And he leads you to Dock 16, Slip 7. And you guys see... A large cargo ship 
Gabriella, you know that the water level is low. It's spring, the snow has not dripped down into the valley as much, and a large cargo ship like this trying to go through the tunnel, even though the tunnel is a mile wide, it's very shallow. Mm -hmm. And as you approach this, on one of the sides, you see a large scrape mark on it. Hmm, looks like they pushed their luck a little bit and too much. Rushing through. Ah, impatience. Ugh. Stupid shipwrights. No idea how deep the tunnel is. That's why they ought to hire locals like us. We move along and approach the freighter. As you do so, Steve waves you off and say, No funny business, please. I'll just stay here and watch you until you're done. Thank you, Steve. You're very kind. I give him a wink. He blushes. <laughs> I give him a wink as well. He blushes again. <laughs> oh man, he's really misinterpreting my wink. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you guys can get right up onto the deck. There's a, a plank that lets you guys get up. Excuse me, is Captain Dark Shadow available? It's me. And you see peering over the edge with a <laughs> an ever burning lamp. They're useful. You see a firkin who looks portly like a dwarf. He has a very, very small button nose. His ears are kind of pointed and his skin is darker. So you think he might have maybe some drow in him? Permission to board. Yeah, come on up. Thank you. Good evening, Captain. I am Captain Gabriella Glimmer Glimmer here under business and contract of the WPX in relation to the recent trouble with the delivery. We're here under investigation. Yeah, come on in, please. Um... Really, we're not under investigation. We're here as part of an investigation. Yeah, come into the captain's quarters. Let, let's talk over there, please. Thank you. Did he just develop a lisp? He did. Because <laughs> I just read my note that he had a lisp. <laughs> That's okay. So you guys enter the captain's quarters, and despite the ship being very large, the captain's quarters is very small. Sparsely furnished, you see like a picture of a woman and like two very young boys. You see like a mirror and like a toothbrush, and that's pretty much all you see. Interesting. Okay. More space for cargo. Or he's not a very successful captain. Remember the scrapes? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Please have a seat. I don't have I don't have very many um seats, but you you're welcome to sit on the bed. We'll we'll be fine here. No, Captain. What can you tell us about the disappearance of the crates in question? <sighs> Listen, I've been running cargo for twenty years. I didn't want to do this mission, but. The accountants really needed it. So I decided to come. And as you talk, you notice that he's missing like the front four teeth and his nose is kind of crooked. So it's possible that he got into a fight and lost him. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die, aren't I? I nod uh, sagely. Why? Because I lost the cargo. The accountant doesn't take kindly to lost cargo. We're just finding it. I, I hope that we'll find it and then you won't have to die. I continue to nod sagely. <laughs> Uh, so, in order to help save your life, what what details can you tell us about how it happened? When it happened? Anything you can remember. As you ask that, you hear a knock on the door. Ill man, I brought us dinner. The door is shut. Does it sound like any assassins I know? <laughs> Make a history check? Mm, ten. No, don't think so. Is that someone you're expecting? That's my son. Hold on. Uh, come on in, come on in. And he opens up the door. Standing there, holding two large bags in his hand, is a man who looks very similar to Tomash Darkshadow, but he seems to have more of a longer nose. He has bright orange hair, and he looks in and he clocks Gabriella immediately. He goes, Gabriella? 
Harriman. What what are you what are what are you doing here? And he starts twitching. You're on business. Under business under the accountant. Contract, do you understand? He looks very confused. Dad, did we have accountant cargo on our ship? And the captain kind of looks away, he goes, Yes. You know Airman, he's not the brightest tool in the shed. Well, he's not the sharpest tool in the toolbox. Yeah, I get those mixed up. He's not the brightest tool in the shed and not the sharpest crown in the box. Mm. Takes a moment, he goes, wait a second, is that the cargo that's missing? And you see his eyes start twitching. No, 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 no. Are, are, are we going to die? Are we, are we going to die? From his handstand, Mickey rebalances on one hand and takes his finger and kind of, while nodding, kind of goes across his neck a little bit. Gabriella, Gabriella, you know me. You know I would never do this. I look at Gabriella. Is that true? Gabriella, you know we would never do this. This is not, it's the accountant. Why would we? No. And like he drops they the he did. drops the bags on the floor and you guys see a, like a box opens and you smell something that's local to this area. It's called a Tofo Buama. Spell that please. T-O-F-O-B-U-A-M-A. And it's literally, it translates into common flavor bomb. It's got a bunch of like spices and stuff. It smells real good, but you can't pay attention to that right now because Airman is like now down on his knees. No, 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 no. I, I did everything I could. I, I don't know. I don't know where, what. Honestly, Airman, I don't put much past the Black Sparrow gang anymore. No, this, no, no. Tonight was not, no, I was just helping my dad cross the channel. That's, has nothing to do with the gang. I'm on vacation. Everyone, let's calm down. Come on in. We need to talk. Can I incite him? Does he really believe that the Black Sparrow gang had nothing to do with this? Yeah, go ahead and make a insight check. While she's rolling, Izzy, 15. Mickey, still doing a handstand, tugs on your pant leg, you know, because he's upside down. Yes, what, what can I do for you? <sighs> why did the chicken cross the road? I, why is that important? I don't know, but we're going to find out from this chicken. Okay. <laughs> that was a good one. Power token? Yeah, let's do a power token. That was a good one. What do you guys He's think? He's just going to rack them up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With a 15, he seems honest. There's only a certain amount of acting you can do before tears are real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, some people are pretty. There's a lot good. of acting you can do. That's true. <laughs> as as someone with experience, I guess it. I is Araman that good of an actor? Let me rephrase that. There's only so much performance for someone who can't do performance can do to lie about the tears coming out of their eyes. <laughs> okay. Please, no, no, no. I just, I'm gonna die. I, I tried to keep them safe. I tried. I. Oh Walk my us. gosh! It's the, it was the accountants. I lead him in. And I close the door. Have him sit on the bed. Walk us through. You picked up the cargo. Where? We we picked up the cargo in Anyaliba like we normally do. We picked up the 20 people on the manifest and they're uh, out of the 50 crates and everything. Well, it, it was kind of weird that dad wanted to do this because it's so shallow. I mean, th- the chance of us getting stuck were really high. And I mean, we did. We got we got stuck um, about uh, about two sailing hours away from the entrance to the valley. We we hit a rock or something, and it took like 20 or 30 minutes to for us to dig it out and push it out of the mud. Honestly, we're lucky that I don't think there were any boats coming in after us for a while, because otherwise they, they would have hit us. When was the last time you counted the crates? Me and Bob, we counted them uh, a couple hours before we hit. I have to imagine that Bob is spelled B-A-A-B. Bob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is, he a, is he a sheep? 
Uh, sheepkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sheepfurkin. <laughs> I, yeah. If it's not spelled Bob, I would like to make a motion that it is Bob now. <laughs> yep, it's, sorry, me and Bob. <laughs> and power token, I yeah, think, is Yeah, that's good one. <laughs> We're just going to give power tokens for puns. It's great. <laughs> this I kind mean, of game we play. And that mm-hmm. helps us remember to give them. <laughs> now we just got to use them. That's yeah, true. Yes. It's plus five, right? Otherwise, yep. we're going to run plus out five. of uh, poker cool. chips. Or minus five to the DM, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and he's panicking. Like, breathe, breathe. While she's calming <sighs> him down, Mickey pulls out a notepad that says, Bob, while writing it down. Check. Uh, that's with a that's with a line over the two A's. Big, thick line through it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was about a couple hours before we hit whenever we hit, and that's what that, that mark is. It was big, and it took forever to dig out, like 20 or 30 minutes. We had to get crew members to do it, but like, and we don't ever really like to do that, but we really had to move. And so we all got out and... Gabrielle looks meaningfully at Mickey. That sounds like an opportune moment where something might have happened. Mickey thinks about it. He and Bob aren't even sure what they hit. Mm-hmm. He just thinks it was a rock. I think anywhere is easy to hit when the bulbs are this dark in the room. Mm. Aww. <sighs> <laughs> the captain lowers his head and airman doesn't get it <laughs> yeah, just like, mm. D- dad can you the manifest wh- wh- where do we put it and his dad kind of shuffles through he opens up drawer and shuffles through some papers and hands it over to airman and airman scans it and he goes uh, me and bob were we were in charge of you know watching the crates and we kind of were short staffed because uh, not many people wanted to do this trip and um and he's starting to twitch you see his fingers like twitching but there there were a few I say that they were shady but if you watch anybody for long enough they're gonna be shady and shifty um yeah there are three suspicious people that I that come to my mind and he looks through the manifest and he goes there's a there's a guy named Topher Crewman his last name was Crewman now that you mention it that's probably not a real name Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean no reason to condemn the guy but still I, I clocked him because his favorite spot was to sit near the crates and was always a little shifty-eyed near them. Any defining features that you can remember of him? Since this name is likely not correct. Yeah, Topher strangely was a human. Oh. Ah, one of those squiggly hamster things? Yeah, those squiggly hamster things, yeah. Izzy is taking offense on Jaden's behalf. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see many of them outside of the summer. Next up is Zalgar Yamatha. Salgar Yamaha. Asked uh, an excessive amount of questions about the crates, but he mentioned that he had personal cargo on the ship, so that would make sense. Unless the crates that he was planning on stealing, he was already considering his own. Zalgar was a fawn. And the last one, and you see like both fingers are twitching as he's holding on the paper. Poor guy is scared out of his mind. Does he look like he might have a magical talent or anything, or possibly daggers hidden up his sleeves? <laughs> are you worried he's going to kill us when our backs are turned? Or that he's been hired to kill the captain. His father? You know, if you're worried about death, you'd be surprised what people will do. <sighs> I would hope not patricide. Make a perception check. Perception would be 14. With a 14, it's pretty commonplace to have, like, a knife in your boot. 
Mm-hmm. Probably has a knife in his boot and maybe has something in his back pocket. You see something kind of protruding out. You can't really make out what it is. While my perception would have been 14, my survival would have been 17. I bring this up. Does he smell like magic? Magic has a distinctive smell. Bat guano, eyelash wrapped in beeswax. Oh, you mean the component pouch. Exactly. Gotcha. He smells like tofu buama. <laughs> So you think he may have been eating some on his way over? Ah, he's too smart. He brought a strong, overwhelming scent. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he was going to come across someone with a super sniffer. Mm-hmm. I mean, all fur can have good noses, so mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, and the last person was Aliska Tarala. The only reason she was suspicious because she talked to nobody and was always kind of mumbling to herself. What was she? Like what race? Yes. She was a herring gun, so a bunny person. Or a fish person. The herring gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she didn't say anything to anyone. Even even when we said hello or here's your food or... Never trust a rabbit that doesn't talk. They all talk. Irithel, you did an insight check earlier? Yep. Okay. Since this is new information, I kind of want to insight to see if he is lying about any of these three suspects. Yeah, go ahead. That's a neat. I mean, he's shaking a lot. He's probably barely even reading the words on the pages. Okay. Ehrman, it seems awful strange that you didn't notice that you were carrying WPX cargo as the accountant specifically said that they were the only ones marked WPX. Uh, uh, I, and you counted all of them? And you didn't notice any of the markings? Usually those are very prominent. Uh, the captain raises his hand and he goes, I put them on their thigh, though that the mark wasn't visible because privacy. I was the only one who knew. I promise. Gabriel well, shrugs. Well, you may think that you might have been the only one, but clearly someone must have known, otherwise they would not have taken them. Were they off to the side? Like, was it obvious that those were grouped together separately from everything else? We we put them... Oh, I threw put them in the middle so then I have... I had to put them on the outside of the, the sack of cargo. Okay. Did the three shady people, were they called to help move the boat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aliska didn't come, but she just kind of sat on the deck muttering to herself. Did anyone keep an eye on Aliska the entire time? I know I didn't. Bob probably didn't either. Oh my gosh, we're going to die. And he starts panicking again. So, question for the group. Was the WPX cargo the only thing that was stolen? Or was anything additional stolen? Do we know that? I believe that Madam Accountant said that everything was there except for the four crates. So yeah, 46 crates got off, but 50 were on there. Okay. You said that Zalgur was asking about the crates. What kind of questions was he asking? Uh, are they safe? Are they secure? Where's mine in this pile? Can I go check to make sure everything's there? How do we tie the knots as if I don't know how to tie ship knots and like been doing this since I was a kid. Ugh. I mean, did he seem like a merchant or transport of goods of some kind? Well, his stuff was on the boat. And that's why I ask. He said that he had personal cargo on the ship. Of course, I wouldn't let him go check it because why would I do that? That's like, no. Mickey would like to raise his hand. Uh, yeah, you in, the, you in the handstand? Yes, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are they now? What? 
Topher, Zalgur, and Alicia. The three people we're going to kill. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Mickey? I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll interrogate them first, right? Uh, oh, dear. That remains to be seen at the moment, but it is important <laughs> to know where they're at. <laughs> don't, don't tell him that. Uh, you just said that you know, were going to kill probably them. Probably a tavern or an inn? So you, you mm. haven't even collected them. The accountant will not be happy about this. Oh my goodness. Oh dear. <laughs> and he just starts weeping. He falls to the ground and his hand goes into one of the uh, Tofobuanas. Does it explode? Yeah. Oh. So like, have you ever seen those uh, Japanese like um, omelets where they're in that perfect circle and then you tap it and it breaks open? Like mm-hmm. the alma rice? Yeah, like like that. Uh, it's basically like that, but when it opens up, it releases like this wonderfully fragrant deliciousness of like potatoes and peas mm. and meat, and his hand is now covered, and it's probably burning because it is hot, but he's just, just weeping on the ground. Question. Yeah. Were there nuts in one of those sacks? Specifically hazelnuts? That's not a D20. Hold on. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were. So... He puts his hand down, and I'm assuming it rustles the bag. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's a squeak. <laughs> Miriam, get over here. Miriam pops out and runs up back into my bag. <laughs> Miriam, that wasn't yours. <laughs> Did she take one? Oh, yeah. Her cheeks are bulging. There's like three in her mouth, probably. Nice. <laughs> Miriam. <laughs> I know you're hungry, but we not someone else's food. <laughs> I am so sorry for her manners. He's just, he doesn't even notice. He's just weeping. Dad, we're going to die. He's too upset that he's going to die. And his dad is just like awkwardly patting him. Fun, <sighs> I think we're right, we're going to be okay. We I don't, think that's all we, have. we don't generally keep track of people when they leave the theater. Uh, no, that makes sense. If only they hadn't also been robbed and you now have lost all the people who robbed you. Mickey? I would like to. Sir, please don't mock me. I lost Aww. my teeth in a fight when I was 20. And now you're going to lose your head. Okay, I think <sighs> we're done. Ready? So, shall we split up and go find them? No. Shall we head into the wa- cave because we know they haven't dragged it past customs yet? How do you know they haven't dragged it past customs? Mm, customs is more thorough than you'd let it. Not than through you customs believe. anyways, but maybe, maybe past mm. customs. The cave is a good, good idea. In any case, we ought to discuss this elsewhere, I think. Um, Don't go anywhere. We might be back. <laughs> I walk up to Arithel on the crying on the deck there. Airman? Airman, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Arithel's crying suddenly. <laughs> the nuts were that good. They're so good. So I walk up to Airman crying on his knees. Look down, shake my head. It's a waste of good food. And move on. Gabrielle is not usually, like, nasty, mean necessarily, but she's got a bone to pick with these people. Mm. Not a fan of the Black Sparrow gang. Yeah, he's going to ask that once we get off the boat. She's going to be curious about what kind of history. Stock down the plank. So as you're stuck in, uh, going down the plank, Gabriella, they mentioned that it they hit a rock or something uh, about two sailing hours away from the entrance of the valley. Mm-hmm. But that size of a ship, it was probably eight to ten miles in, inside. And you guys know that the tunnel takes about a day and a half to two days, depending on how quick traffic is going. As we're looking at the side, I'm like, if only we had a dwarf. Hmm. Dwarves are really good with rocks. I'll bet a dwarf could tell us if this was a rock. And if that rock had been moved in the last thousand years. 
Probably, actually. Corin, can I use my knowledge of ships and the various maintenance and troubles that frequently run into them? Does this look like a rock collision or maybe something else? Hmm. It's a good question. So go ahead and do an intelligence check. Can he add his tool proficiency? Yeah, with proficiency. Yes. We, we have specifically added on here that I have knowledge water vessels. Very nice. Oh, yeah. So go ahead and do your knowledge water vessels. Which is just intelligence plus proficiency. So, yes. <laughs> I was just thinking, isn't there like naval navigation or water navigation? I do have proficiency in that. But right. like, it's also nice to like tag it specifically as knowledge in that. Because I have water vehicle handling and knowledge river vessels. But I rolled a total of a 22. Normally when rocks hit it, it's not in a straight line. It's usually like broken pieces and stuff. Mm -hmm. This looks like it got caught on something that made a straight line and maybe it's too precise. Yeah, it's too precise. The more you look at it, the more you're thinking that there might be more damage underneath the boat that you just can't see, which may have been something else to kind of stick it in place or maybe move it into the mud to get it stuck. She points at some of the marks here. Uh, I don't think that they they ran into a rock. What kind of rocks make straight lines? They had, I mean, yeah, maybe they were moving you know, somewhat quickly, but not not like that. You would expect a lot more a lot more jagged edges on on the the scratch here and perhaps I suspect this was a artificial object. Something dropped into the path specifically for this. Should we saw a piece out and take it for forensics? Not yeah. that we have the time for that. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I don't think we have the time for that. <laughs> I, I, that's that's certainly an idea, Vicky. Um, I don't know that we have the time or the means for that right now. Mm. Pity. Um, yeah. By the way, Izzy is still behind. She hasn't left yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're not off the show? <laughs> well, she has... She's trying to, like, do double work here. So, like... After the good cop. <laughs> after they've left, she's just like, so I know this is probably a really bad time, and I hope you uh, don't die, <laughs> but um, if you ever need uh, to buy jewelry or accessories, my shop just opened, Izzy's <sighs> Nazi shop, Find Jewelry and Accessories. We're located right next to Rena Roulette Chocolatiers and Books of the Nook, uh, and just tell them I sent you, and we'll give you a discount. Okay, bye. <laughs> Make a persuasion check with disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <that's> so mean. <laughs> okay. It's a circumstance check. Oh, no. Okay, I guess it's appropriate. Uh, seven. <laughs> the captain looks at you. We'll check it out later. Yeah. I... Anyways, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <Love our> group. <laughs> uh, so I, now I'm just imagining uh, as we, you know, proceed with brutal interrogations and things in the forward. Like, oh, right. and by the way, here's my business card. Exactly. Come by my shop. Exactly. Here, I have a ring to put on your broken fingers. Did you just survive a near-death experience with assassins, murderers, and cutthroats? Perhaps you should celebrate. <laughs> Come down to Izzy's, Izzy's Genazi shop now. And we give a 10% discount to survivors. <laughs> survivors discount. 
Irithel and Mickey, you notice that a few boats down, you hear the sounds of two people arguing. Well, if you didn't take my boat, who did? I only have one safety boat and it's gone. Izzy's caught up by this point, by the way. Mickey, you want to look into that or do you want Irithel to? Does it sound like it has anything to do with us? No, that's why I was suggesting Mickey would stick his nose into it. <laughs> Mickey <laughs> is curious to see who's wearing a safety boat. Okay. You walk down there and you see two gnomes yelling at each other. And the closer you get, it's like, it was here earlier today and now it's gone. What did you do with it? Mickey would like to hide. Okay, go ahead and hide. Mickey is now hidden. With A? Oh, you mean I have to, you know, have an actual dice number? Mm -hmm. I thought I just automatically won these things. Sometimes, not today. 27. Oh, okay, never mind. You automatically win these things. (laughs) (laughs) Plus 10. Yeah, you are definitely hidden. As these two gnomes are arguing back and forth, you do notice that one of the ropes is cut. And the the safety boat is just literally just like a like a two or three man boat. It was not let down into the water nicely. Like somebody stole this boat. Like you can clearly tell somebody stole this boat. When did the theft occur? I'm sorry, not the theft of the boat. The theft of the goods from a boat. The shipment arrived around ten ten thirty in the morning, and you guys started getting summons around like noon. One. That's pretty quick. That's good. So it arrived in 1030 in the morning Mm -hmm. and they're complaining about the boat now. And that means that the actual theft would have occurred presumably hours before that. Could have. Yeah. Very easily. Mm -hmm. This is like a a lifeboat that would be on. No, Sorry. I'm still referring to the theft of the objects from a boat. Sorry. Because that happened inside the tunnel. Correct. So it would have happened at like hours before yeah it would have happened seven thirty-eight in the morning okay so this this theft happened like in the mouth of the tunnel practically it happened about eight to ten miles from the mouth of the cave leading into the valley i'm going to sneak up close and still being hidden kind of cautiously whisper kind of what did it look like you know what it looks like sarah Sarah, come on. You know, it's a it's a safety boat. It's bright yellow. Like, we have to do all safety boats. And it was there early this morning, and now it's gone. What did you do with it, Sarah? I didn't do anything with your stupid safety boat, Jan. It's just continuing on and on and on. I come back. What was that about, Mickey? <sighs> Somebody lost their safety boat early in the morning. Tragic tale. Early in the morning? Or in the middle of the night. I mean, you never can tell with these things. How big of a boat was it? Um, it was a boat and three people. How big are the crates? Well, at least one has to be big enough to hold a child. It's true. <laughs> so you would have this on the manifest of the sizes. You do know that the dolls were in crates about five feet by five feet. <laughs> five feet by five feet. And Seska's was four feet by two and a half feet. It was very flat. But she okay. laid in there like a coffin? Probably. <laughs> I'm going to grab Irithil by the boot. I assume you wear boots. What do you wear for your feet? Boots. I grab Irithil's boot. Irithil, this is going to sound weird. You're not that short. Sorry, what? I'm upside down again. He He's doing a handstand. <laughs> oh. Okay. I, I, I caught on to that. <laughs> this is going to sound weird. My plot senses are tingling. That does sound weird. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I so don't understand out. what that hear means. Hear me out. So... 
that someone stole a boat because they couldn't find an actual boatman who would understand the river. And they stole a bright yellow safety boat, sailed it past all the guards somehow. Because mm-hmm. it's a safety boat and they're not as questioned, maybe? No. If you saw a safety boat out there, the guards would be like, oh, somebody's in danger. Let's go help. <laughs> Clearly, these people must be masters of plot. <laughs> And so either that or they covered it in seaweed or something. Who knows? I mean, you know, you could do things. Regardless, they couldn't find an actual boatman, so they stole a boat. And then they took it into the cave and they used it to get on tower the big boat and take the boxes. But this is very helpful for us because there's no way we wouldn't have spotted a bright yellow safety boat, which means it's still in there. You know what they're still missing? A boatman. Right. Well, they obviously wouldn't have taken a boat if they had a boatman. Irithel is going to walk over to Jan and Sarah. Excuse me. Were you, what? Did you sail out earlier today? No, I've been docked for three days. My boat was there early this morning, and then it was gone when I came back from shopping. And you see, like, there's, like, a cart full of, like, piles and piles of stuff. This person has gone, gone shopping. Oh. Jan has gone shopping. Okay. So this was approximately 7 o'clock this morning, perhaps? I checked it at like 7-ish, and it was there, and I came back, and it wasn't. And then Sarah's over there like, how could I have have done this? I was with you half the day. That's right, you were with me half the day. What did you do the rest of it, Sarah? Very convenient. I thank them, and I walk off. So if they're telling the truth, and if they have the time right... It's going to take about three hours to get to where the boat got stuck, which means if the items were stolen at eight in the morning, that's not nearly enough time to get to. Why else would I have heard them talking? Because you're a furkin. <laughs> Mickey tries to look at his ears, but of course can't look at his own ears. Yeah, so so basically the last time that they saw the safety boat mm-hmm. was 7 a.m., but they've been gone all day. Right, but the, the boat night. got stuck at 8 a.m., and it it's two hours in. And so, if it made it in there and is the boat that was over there, then it would have had to have left harbor no later than five in order to to get to two hours in. So, at what time did the crates get stolen again? So, the crates got stolen around 7.30 a.m. Okay. Maybe the boat was stolen after they stole the crates. Possibly. What would have had to have happened is there's going to have to be someone in the caves taking care of the crates. If this boat has anything to do with it, oh, somebody so also maybe they stole okay, boat. so maybe they got the crates and mm-hmm. they're holding on to it, and then they needed someone to go and get a boat, yep, bring it back to them, yeah. so that then they could load the crates and the boat. Yep. How would they have gotten into the caves without a boat? Well, Mickey, you do know somebody who can pull something off like this. I mean, I know a few people, but Mickey, you you have a a sparkle in your eye. What are you thinking? Or maybe it's a twitch in your boot. I can't tell. <laughs> As it flails in the air. Yes. <laughs> G- Gabriella walks up. So are we going to go see Moist? We're not doing much standing around here. I mean, I, it, the boat's kind of strange that it's missing, but like... I feel like mm-hmm. the boat's connected, but I think we need more information to connect it. But yes, let's go talk to your friend Moist. Why is he named that, by the way? Because he's Moist. Oh, yes. So he's aptly named. Got it. No, yeah, makes sense. 
I mean, name names should be descriptive. I am not being glimmer glamour, and I throw my arm out and sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. Oh. As I... <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what how your name is descriptive. Um, I mean, it's not really. It's just my name. Why isn't it descriptive? Arithel's not going to bring up her name. I I mean, that's just the name I was given. See, I'm Mickey. Sure safe, because I am sure safe to be around. I highly doubt that. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to have my doubts about that, too. What? Um, yeah, Gabriella <laughs> shakes her hand just a little bit back and forth. So-so. Like, <laughs> 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 so. And safes are sure safe around me. Agree to disagree. Move on. Moist. So, yeah, Gabriella and Mickey, you guys know that your mutual friend, apparently, Moist, hangs out in the tunnels. It's where he works. I feel uh, like he might be somebody to know about any strange things that have been dropped in the middle of the path. Oh, Moist? Oh, if he didn't know about it, he'd be furious when he hits it. Right. Figured we ought to let him know. Well, how do we get there? With a boat. Unless you can swim. Well, just so happens that I have a boat, a beautiful ship. If you all would like to accompany me down to the East Dock, I can take you along to the Siren's Wake. Do you mind if I take a little detour and meet you there? Sure. And I give you the dock information of where I'm at. Do I want to try tonight? It's getting a little late, but I mean, we are on a clock here. I, yeah, I think time is of the essence. I just, I need to let my friends know so that they're not worried about me. All right. Instead of the big ports, there are also little docks on the sides of the island that maybe could get you closer to pick up Izzy or something like that. Hey, here's a perfect idea. I can drop off some of this stuff, the delivery I've got for you, and pick you up at the same time. That would work well. Irithel, Mickey, if you don't have other things to do, you can either come with me or follow Izzy. Izzy, your friend seems a little clingy. Do you need help disengaging? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> Irithel hasn't gotten Why? a good <laughs> feel for your friend yet. She just knows that Why? something happened. Why would you think that? <laughs> I mean, he he went through a very traumatic experience and... He, oh, that kind of a friend. Got it. Still, uh, okay. <laughs> She's not entirely sure what okay. we're talking about. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds like a good friend. Um, I'll just help uh, with the boat. Yeah, I mean, if he was being too clingy, I could definitely just use my echo to have him cling on to. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and Izzy's just going to head back to her shop. Okay, sounds good. Izzy. You walk into the store, and Jaden is standing behind the counter, not facing you, but the moment he hears the door unlock and you walk in, he turns his head and goes, Oh, hi. Uh, I wasn't nervous about... What 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 happened? Has Jaden talked to a therapist? <laughs> um, I mean, we would need to find a therapist here. You might need to. <laughs> uh, what, what, did, what did the accountant say? Are we are we back paid? What, what's going on? No, actually, uh, she doesn't have anything to do with that. Oh. Um, so we're good there. N- no, she actually had a, a job for me. And how to break this to you? Um, I'm leaving. I. I, <laughs> I Goodbye, Jaden. <laughs> so she is offering good money to track down some lost items. And I think our shop really needs it. So are you going to be all right here with Roz if I go? I shouldn't be more than like two days. I'll be fine, but you're 
going? You're you're leaving? Is it dangerous? I I mean, I I have I have my bracers that you helped enchant for me. Um, I I think I'll be fine. And I mean, I I helped. A, I fought the cultists. I I don't think this is gonna be anything worse than that. Jaden, don't worry about me. I have to. You're my friend. You <coughs> friend. <laughs> Why are you all doing this to me? <laughs> You're doing this to you. I mean, I can't. I support you whatever you want to do. Uh, I can definitely watch the shop and Roz can definitely help out. But I mean, we need the money, right? Yeah, just just, just wait a moment, okay? Wait a moment. He runs into back to the storeroom and you hear some shuffling around. He's going to put a tracker on you. <laughs> <laughs> so I know where you are at all times. <laughs> he returns and he says, well, if you're going on an adventure, maybe you need adventuring things. Let's see, we've got some rope. I've got some gloves. I've got... And he starts pulling out different things that he thinks that adventurers need. Jaden, I'm good. Here, just, just at least take the gloves. You never know. They're not going to go... I'm, splinters hurt. Them. You I, might get splinters. How big are these gloves? Are they going to interfere with the bracers? I just, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll take the gloves, Jaden. It's going to be all right. I promise I'll come back. And she's suddenly getting a flashback of Wesley. And she says, I really promise. Unlike Wesley's. <laughs> <laughs> he intended to keep that. Timora willing, this shop will be successful. He looks at you for a moment and then slowly extends his hand with his pinky outstretched. Pinky swear? I grasp his pinky with my pinky and give it a little shake. And I say, I pinky swear. You cannot break the pinky swear. It is too sacred. So sacred. Our childhood depends on it. Yes, it does. You must return. You still have the um, bracelet I gave you for your birthday? Yes, of course. And he lifts up his wrist and it's on his wrist. All right, well, just... Look at that if you get nervous and just pray to Timora. Okay. Um, and as you go to put the gloves in your bag, you notice that there's an addition. It's a clear bag of what smell like dog treats. And there's a note <sighs> written on it that says, thanks for letting us take Izzy with the heart. She's going to take those out and she's going to say, if you really want to pass the time while I'm gone, you could trick Roz into eating these. He looks down in a slow smirk. Comes oh no. I plan on it. Okay, it just it don't me. don't be too mean. I'm never mean, Izzy. Oh. Uh-huh, and she just has flashbacks to, you know, all the times that he and Roz got into their childish pranks <laughs> and sometimes they got really bad. <laughs> Unless it escalated very quickly. Yes. And she's just like, just if she gets mad, apologize quickly. Of course, of course. Now, no, be safe. Yes. And I will also keep spreading the word about the shop. <laughs> Maybe we'll get more customers. That would be great. Yeah. Okay. Bye. And she gives him a hug and then she will leave the shop. All right. And as you do, you see him quickly lock the door behind you and he pulls out a silver string and starts tying a string around it. And you know this is his nightly lockup with, with an alarm spell. Well... Actually, I knock on it. I'm like, um, actually, we're expecting a delivery, so I should probably oh. just... <laughs> and he starts unraveling. <laughs> and now the spell is broken. One spell slot wasted. It's fine. He's going to go to bed, so he'll be recovered. 
So, Gabriella, you're able to go get the boat. They can't because they don't have the little rocks. Oh, they don't let you on the... Yeah, okay, but there right. is like a like a little like waiting area where you can pick up people. What and- rock do we need? When I got to the harbor master, when I was checking in, they gave essentially a glowing stone that was like, hey, you and your crew need to hold on to these when you're you know in the port. Can't get back into the port unless you've got one of these. Are you saying there's a glowing rock I don't have in my inventory? It's true. Otis and Sheila exchange pleasantries. They ask if they can go uh, hang out in the town for a couple days, or do you want them to come along with you? As great as that would be, I've actually picked up another job. It's good money coming in. It's coming from the accountant. We're heading out to the tunnel. Gonna do some looking around there. And on the way, we can drop off this shipment for the Genazi shop. Uh, it was closed earlier, but turns out we're actually going to be working with the proprietor. So we're going to make two for one, you know, expediency and all that. Yeah, of course. Let's let's get going, boss. Perfect. Sheila removes the anchor and starts untying everything. Otis springs in. You get out. You manage to get to the waiting area where Irithel and Mickey have been. How's that been going, by the way? <laughs> the two are just standing there. Five foot distance between us <laughs> at all times. Never. You're going to trip and fall in the water if you're not careful. Trip. <clears throat> Mickey does not generally stay still if he can help it. He doesn't wait. He doesn't handle waiting well. He's going to, you know, make sure his mouth is moving by asking Irithel all the questions. Oh, no. For the next 10 minutes, Irithel. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they are the longest 10 minutes of your life. Yes, they are. You see the boat come. The sirens wait. Come on up. You guys hop in. Managed to pick up Izzy and drop off the cargo. Oh, thank goodness. And you are on your way to the tunnel. So what's moist like? Moist. Uh, As a general rule, he's moist. He's in the same line of work as the accountant is, just with less polish and less information gathering. Really, he, he the same line of work, I'll just say that he's a criminal, just like the accountant is. He's a smuggler, kind of, basically. Usually he, he smuggles um, living goods. As I understand it, he, he's more of a he's a mover as opposed to an administrator and such that the accountant is. He runs things more through the tunnel and around there, whereas I move things up and down the river. Uh, it seems sim- similar work. Firkin trafficking, that kind of thing. You need to get from one side of the tunnel to the other. You need somebody who can show you how to get there and find places where you don't suffocate. Um... Illegal firkin trafficking, or... Well, they're not letting you get to the other side legally most of the time, so... As long... So, willing firkin. I assume so, usually. I don't think he does the other kind, usually. No, he's not. He doesn't have a lot of morals. But, I mean, normally, he prefers to get paid by people and not... Unwilling cargo, his boats are very, very small, if they exist at all. Unwilling cargo is a pain for him. It's hard to move. fair. Unless you got the right equipment for it. That's difficult. Okay. Now, I mean, if somebody, you know, set everything up for him, I'm not going to... Who knows? I'm not going to say what he would or would not do, but... But not that likely to be involved in this business, in this specific issue that we're looking into. I mean, if I was asked to do this, I would have hired him in a heartbeat. Okay. Not to move the bodies, but to move me to the, well, boxes, but to move me to the place where I could then board the boat and get the boxes. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Well, I guess let's go see if we can find him. Yeah, that's always a good question. 
<laughs> Both Mickey and Gabrielle, you guys have done work with Moist before. You do know that you don't necessarily go into the tunnel to get to Moist because there's like small little offshoots that get in there, but some of them are caved in, some of them are too shallow for large boats. I mean, finding Moist really depends on the day and the phase of the moon. Gabrielle pulls out a notebook, consults such things. The charts. <laughs> yeah, consults the charts, phase of the moon, tide, day of the year, season, snow melt. Okay, um, I think... Uh, Otis, what do you think? Is he likely going to be on the Drake Swallows Den or the... What, what is that? That one over on the uh, southern side of the tunnel. I can't ever remember what that one's called. Gulper's Hole? Uh, yeah, I think that's the one. That's what I was guessing. Probably Gulper's Hole. Yeah. All right. Let's head that way. You guys head south of the tunnel, and Gulper's Hole is about a half mile away. It looks really run down. It looks like a v- not not a man-made cave at all. The trees have fallen in every once in a while. Like, it's it's very dangerous. Gulper's Hole is one of those places that you really have to get it right. This would be the day mm-hmm. to get this right. The tide and everything is just right. Normally, it's mostly underwater, but today you can easily get this Iron Swake inside. Ah, perfect. We timed things just perfect. You go in and you see three floating docks that you can park the boat, and you see a bright yellow safety boat in one of the docks. It looks like your plot sense is right on cue, Mickey. <laughs> I assumed that somebody had just run off with the boat. By the way, is my uh, lamp still working? Your lamp is still working, yes. Okay, we haven't gone far enough yet. I have it out for Gulper's Hole because there's not a lot of light here. As we come in, I pull out a hollow wooden tube from near the helm of the ship, and I thump it three times, and then another two, and then a one, and then I listen. About 20 seconds pass, and you hear doo-doo-doo, coming from the south of you. Sounds like he's in. I'm going to try and interpret the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. I expect that Moist, being a smuggler, probably has a number of codes and other things, which I may or may not know, depending on you know the season and the tides. Can I roll rely on Thieves Can't and my relationship with Moist? Was this a, I'm busy, go away? Was this a, I'm open for business? What did these dupes mean? With Moist, a similar callback, like the same callback means, yeah, come on in. And we pull up the dock. Put the handbrake on. <laughs> Put the handbrake on, yeah. <laughs> the water break. <laughs> Otis hops off to the dock there with rope in hand and ties it around the post there. Yeah. As you do so, you hear the sounds of slippery slapping feet coming towards you. And you hear Gabriella. I hide. Okay, go ahead and hide. Moist, my friend. Natural 20. Yeah, you're <laughs> hidden, man. Welcome, welcome. What brings you here? This is a fun day. I've had multiple people come today. Oh, Oh, Lots that's of great friends. to hear. Business is booming as usual. You're so great, Moist. Oh, thank you so much. You're so great, too. Well, thank you. What does Moist look like? He has large, wall-eyed gaze, bright, huge eyes, gaping, toothless mouth, and you hear the sound of, like, a fly coming towards him, and this all of a sudden this long tongue comes out and grabs it, and he oh. just chomps on it. <laughs> and he has far too much hair going down his arms and his back. 
Oh, for any sort of aquatic creature should ever have. Oh, what brings you here? We're actually in the neighborhood for uh, some information. Uh, you, you're the expert in this neck of the woods. Why, of course I am. And so I had a I had some questions to ask you, if you don't mind spending a little time. Well, of course, that'll be three gold. Of course, of course. Um, and steps up, hands in the gold, and his tongue wraps around it. Wraps oh. around hand. He takes it and. It goes into a pouch in his cheek. And oh, no one's picking Gabriella that. Gabriella doesn't bat an eye at this. This is usual. Nikki, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I dare you to pick that coin pouch. That's why he keeps it there. <laughs> I, see, I see you brought friends. Come in, come in, please. He leads you up the cave a little bit, about a minute or so. And you see an open area with a bedroll and a weird collapsible desk that like, he sits at. It's like one of those like floor desks that you can sit at. And he has just a few knickknacks sitting around. Please step into my office. I don't have any chairs, so you're just going to have to sit. And he's just on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, your hospitality is glowing as usual. Thank you. So we were out and about and on business. And happened, I happened to have seen one of the freighters that came through. It arrived this morning and looked like it had been hit by something. I, I talked to the captain and it seems that they got stuck. Um, hmm. have, had you heard any, about any blockages in the tunnel lately? Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I know that you hmm. keep all kinds of uh, good information on this and you, you know everything about navigating the tunnels here. Maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. What are you going to give me for this information? Three gold. Oh, three gold was just no, the that service was en- fee. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, Izzy was going to hold up a copper necklace with a yellow zircon pendant. And I say, does this strike your fancy? Hmm. May I see it? And I present it to him. He pulls out one of those like jewelers, <laughs> magnifying glasses. Hmm. Hmm. I made mm. it myself. This is excellent craftsmanship. Well, this is you. yours. Yes. I just recently opened a shop in town. Oh, what's it called? I may come visit. Oh, thank you. Um, You're not going to steal from it, right? No, I would never do that for my customer. Insight check. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Reading from the description of Moist, some dry-lipped, live-born lying gaspers have insinuated that not all of Moist's customers make it to the other end of the tunnel. Oh, no. But that's just slander, of course. The smuggling isn't easy, but he's the best in the business, according to himself. So I rolled a 10. He's hard to read. You've never met a firkin like this before. Okay. You don't go underwater <laughs> enough. I'm going to say, uh, well, it's it's Izzy's Janazi shop. Great. I'll go look at when I'm next in town. Be glad to have you. And Izzy's going to make a mental note to let Jaden know to maybe up some of the <laughs> alarm spells. <laughs> How much is that bracelet worth? Or the necklace, sorry. Five gold, which is on the low end of things. This is a good start. What else? Out-of-character comment, in-game perhaps, but mm-hmm. Izzy's had to deal with a few friendly pirates before. Yes. I feel like Moist may be a friendly pirate who you've just invited to your shop. I know, that's why <laughs> she's a little worried. Hey, she just gave the name. She did not give the location. Not like she gave to Captain Tomas Dark Shadow. That's a start. What else you got? How much you charging? Maybe a thousand gold in a favor, but I'm willing to negotiate. Oh, 
Oh, and he suddenly turns other. <laughs> oh, Irithel's not showing any emotion on this one, but oh my goodness, that's Moist, so much. You know that's steep. I don't know what you're talking about. It's just inflation. <laughs> does he inflate, given that he has frogs? He does, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a question. What species is Seska? You guys asked about her parents, and the accountant did not give you that information. So, Gabriella, should uh, you ask about the friends and family discount, maybe? <laughs> uh, that only gets you so far. I'm going to start searching Moist's belongings and establishment, say around the yellow boat and the like, and look for signs that he was in, whether he was involved with this and whether or not any you know crates and the like are still here or more recently moved through. Uh, you're still hidden, so go ahead and do an investigation check. Part of the reason I asked about species was that there's a lot of smells around here. I was wondering whether or not my wonderful nose would be in a, uh, of any assistance there. My investigation is a eh, about average 16. With a 16, you smell one person was on this boat. Moist. Not moist, no. What do I smell about them? You smell the fur and the dander of Herringon. How recently? Very recent. Within the last four hours or so. So not here currently, though? No. And does the boat look like it's had cargo moved off of it? There is no cargo. You just, like, you don't see any scrapes or anything. It's just, there was a person here about four hours ago. I think that Gabriel would try and talk him down and be like, Ugh, that's, that is ridiculous. It must be some incredible information, but no. No, and it may or may not be. You don't know. Why are you asking? Well, that's going to cost you two. I'm going to come back to the group at this point. Can I sneak behind Moist? Sure. Do another stealth check. 28. Yeah, you sneak (laughs) behind Moist. I'm going to, you know, sneak behind Moist and... I actually do have a weapon, a dagger out at this point, but I mean, he can't see it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, Moist, yeah. I think that you've robbed the accountant. Oh, I hadn't thought about bringing the accountant's mm-hmm. name into this. Mm-hmm. So that's a good Make idea. Make an intimidation check with advantage. 18. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. What? I, I think I smell. Could that be... How did you say that name? Alicia Terrarium? Terranium? You mean Aliska Turala? That one. All over this place. He starts sweating. Is is she one of your customers? Oh, no. Oh, no. Moist. Buddy. Buddy. Oh, I wow. mean, you, you value your life, right? I usually ask very good questions, and I think I did not do that this time. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm getting that vibe. What happened, Moist? We've gotten a great deal for you today. <laughs> How about you, you know, tell us what you know about uh, what may have happened this morning? Somewhere about seven-ish, something like that, about somebody getting caught on some rocks or something like that and we will maybe not slip to the accountant uh, that you were involved I can make a persuasion check on this <laughs> you don't need to at this point <laughs> yeah. unless say, you want to like, that was pretty good I've got a yeah. plus 10 that was very nice uh, you know yeah go ahead and roll with uh, advantage don't roll a one <laughs> don't roll double ones uh, I have a total of 20 Woo. oh yeah he's sweating and the room is starting to smell like swamp <laughs> <laughs> I love is he stops breathing? 
Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you can character. just do that. Because I can just do that. Okay, okay. So there comes a time <laughs> in every smuggler's life where you have two people approach you and they're on the same ship. So I was approached by a man, a human named Topher. Ah, and they were all working together. A woman within two or three days of each other. Topher wanted to assure that the ship was safe getting into port. Aliska wanted to capsize the boat. Quite the dilemma for you. I just did the best of both worlds. I planted a fawn named Zalgar to make sure that when my giant mechanical barb thing, patent pending. I think you might need to workshop that name. Okay, I'll, re- I'll workshop that. Thank you for that advice. I'm not very good with marketing. I mean, I mean, from a merchant who is, you know, trying to... Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> marketing has be- is not my strong suit. I planted Zalgar to make sure that Topher's crates weren't touched while I had a few guys go help Aliska remove the desired crates while the rest of the crew was occupied. They were standing on the side, just mm. waiting for help. I- Anyway, I got paid either way. And you got paid double. Yeah, I got paid Topher 500 gold and Aliska about 1200. Nice payday. Now, how much is your life worth so that your name isn't passed along to the accountant? It started to smell like sewer (laughs) with all the sweat. Is he still not breathing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, today I'm feeling very generous and um, I can take you to the site my guys haven't come back yet which is kind of weird mm. they should be back well that's magnanimous of you to show us the way yeah aliska went ahead about a few hours ago and so we could probably just meet her there yeah that's all i know well very kind of you to let it to share this with you with us and let's 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 go ahead and head on out okay he opens up a bag and he pulls out a torch lights it says, your lantern will stop working soon, so may want to get some torches, and we're gonna walk about ten miles, so you may want to put on your good hiking boots. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Moist, by the way, we did leave word where we were heading, and so if we don't somehow make it back in time, I know we'll be going out to the accountant with your name. <laughs> you see him go into the folds of his hair and pulls out a couple notes and lights them on fire. <laughs> okay, I understand. I mean, Otis and Sheila are right there. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And and an angry wizard would probably come out for, after you if I don't return. Oh dear, I don't like the magic. Okay, let's go. Gabrielle runs back to the ship, grabs some gear and torch, and heads back. Are Otis and Sheila coming with you, or are they staying with uh, the They're going to stay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mind the boat. I would not trust um, the boat by itself. Exactly. Uh, that's... Why I bring them? Uh-huh. <laughs> they you, watch. You don't. You don't leave the boat unattended. Especially not with moist. And as you guys go into the tunnel, very muddy, very slippery. It's going to be a really rough trek. You hear the faint sound of the wind howling as it enters the cave behind you. And that's where we're going to end our first episode. Oh, hey. So exciting! You know, Izzy's going to be asking that wind, "What's up?" <laughs> hey, Wind, have you seen any crates recently? Oh, no. Does that mean you have to open your mouth? I mean, I've been speaking. Ooh, I've... I'll bet you I'll bet you can taste it. That's really it. weird. Ew. Oh, Ugh. gross. Anyways, I want to not think about that. Irithel's 
definitely going to need some uh, to put up her feet later tonight. Her <laughs> limp is going to be very pronounced by the end of this. Yeah, 10 miles. 10 miles in mud. I forget, Whew. does Irithil have a veil? Maybe filter some of this out? Uh, she did. We're under in the caves now, so the prob- veil's probably back up. Power Word Crit is directed by Corin Sparks and edited by Ashlyn McGregor. If you enjoyed our episode, be sure to tell your favorite kobold about us, follow us on Facebook, tweet us at PowerWordCrit, send us an email at PowerWordCrit at gmail.com, or check out our website, PowerWordCrit.com, for character art and bios.